Today we raise a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies. Today we lift up the name of Jesus and say the king is alive. Today we say that hope is here because Jesus is here. And so what we're going to do right now is we're going to join with all of our campuses and all of our different cities and together with one voice, with one heart, as one body, as one church, with one vision, we're going to declare the most profound truth in the universe. You see, we're going to put up this simple thing on the screen here and together at all of our campuses, we're going to in unison declare this over our lives, our family, our church, our city and our culture. Because if you want to know profound theology, you want to go deeper with God. This is as deep as it goes. This is the foundation of truth. And we want to declare this like we believe it over our lives. So will you join with me right now, whatever campus you're at, let's say this by faith with power and hope and life. Here we go. You ready? God is good. Even when the world is not, Jesus has forgiven me regardless of what I've done. I am loved for who I am, not for what I do. Everything is possible. There is always hope. Come on. Come on. Now listen. Now we're going to say it again like we actually believe it. That was a warm up. You got it going. Now you know what we're going to say. Now let's say it like we believe it and let's declare it to the darkness that wants to hang out in our homes, in our families, in our cities, in our church, in our culture. And let's declare some truth. So say it like you believe it. Ready? Here we go. Come on. God is good. Even when the world is not, Jesus has forgiven me regardless of what I've done. I am loved for who I am, not for what I do. Everything is possible. There is always hope. Come on, let's just celebrate Jesus together. Why don't you go ahead and grab your seat, whatever campus you're at. I am so glad that you are here with us on this special missional move commitment weekend. And it is so good to gather together in unity and declare that theology, that truth, that belief system over our lives, because every problem in your life and in my life can be traced back to a place where we don't believe one of those truths. God is good. Jesus has forgiven you. You are loved and everything really is possible. And so today we've come to gather together around the name of Jesus. And what we're going to do as one church at all of our campuses is we're just going to take communion together. So our ushers are going to get up and they're going to start distributing the elements of communion wherever they are. And as it gets to you, What you're doing is you're reaching out by faith to take a hold of the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. What you're doing is you're reaching out to take a hold of what Jesus has done for you. 
And if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus, maybe you've been tracking with us for these last few weeks and you've been listening to this conversation around hope. You've been listening to who Jesus is and what he has done. And maybe today is your day of salvation. Maybe today is your day to say, Jesus, I need you. I receive your forgiveness in my life. I I receive the new life you want to offer me. I want to be a new creation in you. I, I understand you've come to pay for all of the brokenness of my past and give me all of the life of your future. And when you reach out and take a hold of that today, what you're doing is you're saying, Jesus is Lord and I will follow. You see, the elements of communion is living hope. If Jesus is the living hope, then when you're grabbing a hold of that cracker and that grape juice, it's not just cracker and grape juice. It's by faith, living hope. So when that tray gets to you and you reach out, you're grabbing hope by faith. You see, John 3, 16, that verse we're familiar with. says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved that he gave, which means you can give without love, but you cannot love without giving. And so God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus, that whoever believes, whoever, that includes the lost, the lonely, and the broken. That includes the least deserving, least expecting person. That includes you. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, whoever believes shall be raised up to new life. You see, the concept of a missional move is when we take a next step so somebody else can take theirs. And Jesus is the ultimate missional mover. I want you to think about what he did. Jesus started in heaven. Jesus made a whole bunch of missional moves. He went from heaven to earth, from earth to the cross, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to hell, so you and I don't ever have to go there, from hell back to the earth as a resurrected Jesus, from earth to heaven, where he is right now, and he still has two more moves to make, from heaven to earth to get you, and from earth to heaven that you may live with him forever. Come on, aren't you glad that Jesus made those missional moves? Aren't you glad that he's not done missional moving? Because he's still coming back to get you and he's coming back to take you home. And what I love about Jesus is he made all of those missional moves, whether or not you are going to accept him or reject him. He loved you so much that he came regardless of how you were going to respond. In fact, 2 Corinthians says, you know that the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty you could be made rich. In other words, Jesus poured himself out so you could be poured into. You see, every person that sits in this room, you are rich. You're rich in mercy. You're rich in grace. You're rich in love. You're rich in peace. You're rich in joy. You're rich in purpose. You're rich in relationship. You're rich in life. Because Jesus has given you everything that's true of him. In fact, Romans 5, 5 says, and this hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Hope does not disappoint us. Why? 
Because when Jesus hung on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, every disappointment of your life was placed on Jesus. So all of the hope that lived in him could be poured into you. Every disappointment that you've ever had, that you currently have, or that you ever will have, in that moment was placed on Jesus. So you could live free in hope. You see, this is not just a cracker and a grape juice. This is living hope. It's active, it's relevant, it's fresh, it's alive. His name is Jesus and he is hope. You see on the night Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. He said, I'm gonna be broken apart so you can be made whole. Wherever you are and whatever's going on in your life, can we by faith allow the broken body of Jesus to make us once again whole? Let's receive that by faith. And in the same way, after the supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. My blood poured out for you. He said, my whole life is going to be poured out so you could be poured into. You see, I don't know what kind of disappointment or brokenness or pain you walked in here with today, but I know this, this is living hope. And so can by faith, we allow the living hope to fill us fresh today. Thank you, Jesus, for your hope. You see, I'm so glad that you're here with us today because this is Missional Move Commitment Weekend. And when we gather around the name of Jesus, everything in our life changes. We can go out into a world that's full of storms and giants and impossibilities and brokenness, but there's something about coming in and lifting up the name of Jesus with the people of God and by faith, supernaturally receiving the hope that he offers us. And what we've been doing for the past few weeks is talking about where God is leading us, the new vision that he has in store for us. And we just said we feel like God is inviting us to double down, to go from being a church for a city to a church for a region and starting four new campuses where we can have harbors of hope, where people can come and find hope and then go back, be built up to go back out to be hope carriers. And we said, what if we just drew a circle around North Texas and said, what if we just own it? What if we make it hard for people to go to hell in our city? What if we make it hard for people to be hopeless in our region? What if we put a harbor of hope within a 20 minute drive of everyone who lives here? And, and we've been talking about that. We said that's a missional move. It's taking the next step and doing something for someone else so they can move forward and discover the life of Jesus. You see, to follow Jesus is to become like Jesus. Which means those few verses that we just read about what Jesus did for us is our responsibility to do for the world. We're called to love and give so they won't perish. We're called to be poured out so other people might become rich in grace and mercy and love. 
We're called to pour out our lives so other people might have disappointment washed out of their spirit and be filled with the hope of Jesus. That's what this has been about. And so just a couple thoughts that I want to have for you is I just want you to understand success is about obedience, not results. In this missional move, success is obedience. It's not results. You need to hear this. Success is not how many campuses do we start. It's not how many people do we reach. It's not how much money is given. No, success is obedience. It's each one of us as individuals saying, did I do what God asked me to do? And if every one of us say we did what God asked us to do, then that's successful. God is in the results business. We're in the obedience business. In fact, you don't want results to determine your success in life because if that's true, that means your performance determines your identity, which is great on a good day, but how about those bad days? I want Jesus's performance to determine my identity once and for all. And now I want to obey by faith and move forward with him. So did you do what God's asked you to do? That's success. The second thing I want you to be aware of is is that we pursue unity with everything we've got. Unity is one of the highest values to God. It's one of the highest values in our church. The Bible is full of conversations around unity. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. There's power and protection. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. One can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. Jesus prays, Father, may they be one as we are one. Defend the unity of the spirit with everything you've got as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with all men. Unity is a really big deal to God. And it's in moments like this where we get to choose to align ourselves with God, his mission, and his people. So the question I want to ask you is, is over these past few weeks, have you found yourself aligning? Has your heart aligned with God's heart and with his mission and with this people? Because that's what this has been about. And then the last thing is, is I bet in this process, all kinds of fun stuff has been exposed in your heart. Because all kinds of fun stuff has been exposed in my heart. It's amazing how when God asks us to move forward, junk starts coming to the surface. Pride, fear, control, stress, anxiety, worry, sin habits, uh, rebellion, all kinds of, of brokenness and junk comes up inside of us. And when that happens, God smiles at us and he says, ah, now I've got you where I want you. He says, you've done such a good job of building your life to hide those things. So sometimes I ask you to do something that feels impossible to expose those things so I can scoop them out of your heart and set you free. That's why Psalm 139 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Know what's in here because I don't even know what's in here. Test me. Put some pressure on me. Ask me to do something that's out of my comfort zone so some junk bubbles to the surface and know my anxious thoughts, the things that shouldn't be in there. Point out anything in me that offends you, that's against you, that's out of alignment with you and lead me forward along the path of life. I bet junk has been exposed in your heart and my encouragement to you is don't lean away from it, lean into it. It's God's grace in your life saying, I love you so much. 
that I'm inviting you to move in a way that's bringing that stuff up so I can set you free. See, this whole thing has been about what does God want to do in your life? It's not about what he's doing through you. It's about what he wants to do in you. And as he starts doing stuff in us, he starts doing stuff through us. In fact, there's a great story in the Old Testament that I think is a great picture of where we are right now as a church. It's Joshua and the Israelites and they've crossed the river and they're in the promised land and and they're taking the land. God said it belongs to them. All they have to do is go and take it by faith. And so they fight and they defeat the city of Jericho, this giant city with walls and it has all kinds of treasure. And God says all the treasure in that city belongs to him. But one guy by the name of of Achan, he sees the treasure and it's so appealing to him that he takes some and he knows he can't have it. So he goes and he hides it. He buries it in his tent. And after a while, they get ready to go and fight the second battle, a much smaller city. So Joshua just sends a few guys from the army because they know they should be able to take care of these guys. No problem. And they go out to fight, but they get completely destroyed. And when the report gets back to Joshua, he hits his knees and he cries out, Oh God, where are you? You said you were with us and you were going to give us this land. And God's very quick to Joshua. He says, Joshua, stand up. He says, you guys have taken what belongs to me. You see, because one man took something that belonged to God, the entire nation wasn't able to move forward. And I think that's incredibly profound for us because when we take what belongs to God, We as a people can't move forward. You see, what belongs to God is not meant to be buried in the ground. Your time isn't meant to be buried in the activities of this earth. Your resources aren't meant to be buried in the possessions of this earth. Your life is not meant to be buried in the things of this earth. Your gifts and your abilities and your talents are not meant to be buried in this earth. They're meant to be brought forward and submitted and surrendered to the Lord. And when we take what belongs to God and we bring it out of the darkness into the light and we submit it back to him, then the people of God can move forward and do what God has invited us to do. You see, what belongs to God is never meant to be buried in the ground. That's why Jesus couldn't stay in the grave. Because Jesus belonged to God. But you know what stayed in the grave? Sin, death, guilt, shame, because those don't belong to God. So Jesus rose and left what belonged in darkness in darkness and rose up in light. And because he rose up, we could move forward. So the question is, is are you going to take what belongs to God? And bring it back out and submit it to him and say, God, my life belongs to you. Or are you going to keep it buried in your tent? Because it impacts all of us. You see, aren't you glad that Jesus doubled down for you? Like you get it, when he came as a baby in a manger, that was the initial step of faith. And then when he's about to go to the cross as a fully grown man, it says he's in the garden of Gethsemane praying and he prays. He says, Father, if it's possible, please let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours. In other words, in that moment, Jesus knew how painful the cross was going to be. And he could have very easily tapped out. He could have called the angels of heaven and said, it's been a fun 33 years. Let's go home, boys. And gone. Instead, he doubled down. He said, I'm in. This is why in John 18, as he stands before Pilate about to be sentenced to death, he looks at Pilate and he says, for this cause, I was born for this cause. I came into this earth. 
He says, I have come to lay down my life to release a movement of hope among my people. So can I ask you a question? For what cause were you born? For what cause did you come into this earth? Because the world will tell you your cause is yourself. But Jesus says your cause is his kingdom. That your cause is to work with your father to release a movement of hope in your 80 to 100 years that you get on this earth to set up a life with him in eternity forever. And so it's time to respond to that. In fact, there's not really much left to be said. I wrestled with it this week. What, what, do, I, what do I say to you? I, I feel like we've said everything that needs to be said over these past few weeks. It's really now just time to respond by faith. And so there's a commitment card in the seat back in front of you. If you didn't get one, many of you, you've gotten them over these past few weeks and taken them home. And here's what we're inviting you to do. We're inviting you to make an offering to the Lord. We're inviting you to make a two-year commitment above and beyond what you already give as a step of faith to stretch you outside of your comfort zone to say, I'm a part of this. I'm on a journey with Jesus. I'm building a history with God and his people. And I don't know how this is all going to work. And I don't know how this is all going to happen. But this isn't about campuses. This is about me trusting Jesus and him setting me free. And so in a few moments, we're going to invite you to get up at one of the boxes or around the worship center and have a moment. And as a sign of faith, drop it in and say, Jesus, this is my commitment. This is my initial offering I want to give to you right out of the gate because that's what you did for me. You see, I believe God's going to do something significant in this. Like someone else had hope for you. And so their faith was put into action and that's why you're sitting in the seat you're in. Someone else's faith, someone else's hope created your seat. You now get to do that for someone else. In fact, you know the Hope Foreboard that's sitting out there where we've written by faith a bunch of names of people we want to meet Jesus in this region? Well, just last week, someone was invited, hadn't been to church in 50 years, and they were invited to church and they came in and when service was done, their friend walked them out to that board and walked them over to the board and pointed and said, look, that right there, that's your name. I wrote your name on this board a few weeks ago and never thought you would actually come. And here you are. And in that moment, tears filled that person's eyes and they had an encounter with the grace and the love of Jesus for the first time in their life. I think that's just one small example of what's happening, of what God's going to do. And so in a few moments, I'm going to pray. We're going to watch one more video and then you're going to be free to come up. And I'm going to ask you to actually get up and come to the box to move. Because <laughs> if we're going to be a movement of hope, you actually have to move. So it's a sign of faith. It's saying I'm moving toward God. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my life in action. And if you're online, you're part of our online community, man, we would encourage you, if this is your church, we would encourage you to do an online commitment card and to be a part of this. Because what you're saying is I'm setting the course of my life for the next two years. I'm saying I'm on this journey with Jesus. I want to build a history with God and his people. And I don't know how to do this. And I'm afraid, but I believe that all the things that have been said, that if I attach my heart to God, he by grace is going to pull me along. 
and do some amazing things. You see, I feel like there's a prophetic word this weekend. I think for some of you, as you put yours in the box, what's going to happen is I think there's a healing that's going to take place. I think prophetically, some of you are going to be healed in your mind, healed in your heart, healed in your view of the church, healed in your relationships. Some of you have been sidelined for so long and your stuff has been buried underneath your tent. And you've been wondering, why isn't life moving forward? Why does it feel like the same cycle? I think God's saying today, let's take it out from being buried in the tent, bring it back to me and watch the healing in the life that I will bring to you and to your family and to your purpose and to your destiny. This is your life purpose, to bring the hope of Jesus as part of the people of God to a lost and dying and broken world. You see, Romans 15, let me declare this over your life as we get ready to respond. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you. Not the person next to you, not your family, not the person out there, you. May he fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. May that be true of your life and my life. And may we have the courage and the faith to trust God and move forward. So let me pray for you. We're going to watch a video and then you're free to respond at any of the boxes. Then the worship team is going to lead us. And I want to encourage you, go back to your seat, worship, and then we're going to pray over these all together. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your grace that's changed my life. Thank you for your grace that chased me down that found me in my pride, in my brokenness, in my anger, in my hurt, in my, in my despair, that you put me back together, that you are putting me back together, and that your hope has come to displace the disappointment of my life, and your hope, the goodness of God, is giving me a life purpose. And so, Jesus, we choose to respond by faith to you in this moment, and offer you our lives. We take a next step and we trust you, Jesus. May we be a movement of hope for the glory of God. In your name we pray, amen.